a Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, we are officially on the week of the big New Year's Six Bowl games. I couldn't be more excited. Number one seed, Michigan, coming in. We got a beautiful Rose Bowl coming up. We got a, we got the playoffs coming, and this is what we waited all year for. Uh, and there's just a lot of football on, and it's just a heck of a time to be alive. Happy holidays. Yeah, it's it feels like a second wind on the podcast here. Like, took a great break for the holidays. Cole and I needed that. Uh, it's not like this is a demanding podcast, but we want to always give our best product um, to you guys because that's important. We don't want to... Um, put half effort ever into anything we do and we just thought we were going to have an episode last week um, and just kind of thought you know with the holidays Cole was traveling back home Uh, I had a lot of stuff going on we just you know wanted the one episode and we're back it is the few days after Christmas we're recording this Wednesday December 27th you guys will be listening to this Wednesday or Thursday December 28th we got some good bowl games Uh, as we're recording this just watched uh, Virginia Tech wrap up a domin- dominant win over Tulane by a score of 41-20. to 20. And it's just been a fun bowl season. Uh, the college football bowl mania pick em, Cole. We got about, I think we got over 30 people to join that, which is great to see. Uh, shout out Isaiah, who helps us out a lot actually with the podcast. So hopefully that's a endorsement to us, Cole, that he's in first place. And that means he's been listening to a lot of our insight this year. But no, it's, it's great. We have the near six bowls. That's our primary focus on today's episode. And yeah, we got two amazing playoff matchups coming up not too far away. And it is, it is here, Cole. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's coming up. Uh, you're starting to see all the videos of the teams landing, uh, the playoff teams landing in their respective cities, whether it's New Orleans or, uh, Pasadena. Um, and if you're a fan, uh, you just can't get enough of that content. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a solid few games so far, uh, as far as bowl season has gone. I, I mean, tonight's going to be, tonight's just a good night of bowl games. I mean, uh, Virginia Tech surprised a lot of people, honestly, like what is turnaround they had? They, they were going to be one of the worst teams in the FBS. We thought finishing seven and six is a huge win for them. Um, but I think Louisville, USC will be fun. Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, North Carolina, West Virginia. I mean, these are all solid enough bowl games that will be interesting to see. Um, see a lot of the guys that, Hey, what are they going to be next year? Um, so I think it's, it's going to be a good, good little evening. I'm excited after we're done with this to watch that. But I mean, all the anticipation, all the excitement, all that we care about and all we're excited for right now is the new year six bowl games, but also Arizona, Oklahoma, that one is going to be also, I think pretty fun. That's a, that has a kind of a similar feel to it. 14 versus 12. Um, but just a nine and three versus ten and two team, and I, I don't. Know, I think I think that'll be a really really fun game as well. Yeah, and there's other sneaky games like the Sun Bowl. Obviously, would be a a lot better had Oklahoma or had Oregon State not gone through all the changes that are happening in that program. Uh, obviously, Notre Dame is who they're playing, and Notre Dame's also no Sam Hartman in this game, so they're going under uh, some changes as well. But I am kind of just as a as a whole for college football, Cole, I think, so the opt-outs, I, I use this uh, Action Sport Network, which does a lot of like sports betting, insight, and that stuff for you guys. They put out a game-by-game breakdown of all the opt-outs, injuries, um, guys that are transferring, 
all of it. They put it together for us. And I'm actually pretty excited for the New Year's Six games. Aside from Florida State, there's not really many crazy opt-outs. Um, we're gonna get we're gonna talk all of the other four games that make up the New Year's Six Bowl. Um, obviously, the playoffs, the main talk, but the four games that are also part of that. And really, opt-outs except for that Florida State Georgia game are really not heavily affecting the games, which is great to see because in the past you've just you've just automatically seen like for example like Ohio State game you would have seen probably anybody that had a chance of getting drafted probably opting out um and that's not happening which is it's just good for college football because there are there is a huge crowd that is extremely upset with a the amount of bowl games that happen because a lot of guys are opting out with the the transfer portal has added a whole new element into that because in the past the portal really wasn't as big of a deal as it is now and you have guys that are like playing in bowl games, but are in the transfer portal, and it's chaos. But I think from a whole, Cole, we're going to get good football with the actual teams we pretty much saw this year, and I think that's a win for college football. Yeah, and I, I mean, we were we were watching Texas State versus Rice last night. I don't understand anyone who claims they're a football fan to complain about too much football, too many bowl games. Like, I mean – I mean, at the end of the day, it's just something more to watch and gamble on, uh, and just see teams play. I mean, like we're watch, we're gonna watch the games. Uh, why would you ever complain about more football? If you don't like it, just don't watch it. But if you're, I don't, I don't know what what we're doing here. Uh, if we claim, claim to love football and are gonna complain too many too many games, like no, that's just not a thing. So, I I don't I don't know what people are talking about. And shout out to coaching staffs that are taking over programs. And are letting the coaches coach in those games that were so I we just watched Tulane Virginia Tech okay, and Tulane uh, their coach has gone out he's off at Houston now, um, and a lot of the staff members are joining him at Houston, but most of those coaches that have left actually stayed and coached the game for the guys, and that just means a lot, I think, to those players because those players are invested into the coaches, um, and the coaches seem to be invested right back into the players. And then we've also seen, like, James Madison. They played this past weekend, and they're all their, a lot of their guys that are in the portal, the new coaches, said, yeah, go ahead and play. Put film out there. Hey, we might we probably want you back. So go out, play, we'll coach you. And I just think that's a great, um, a great thing from the coaches uh, to allow at their programs because it's, it matters and it's, it's better football and that's what we're here for, Cole. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna also, it's still the, the, the season that all these players committed to with their coaching staffs, even if the coaches sometimes aren't going to honor those commitments, um, or sometimes other players, the people who choose to stay uh, deserve to have the people that they committed. Um, to for that season so um, teams that are doing it that way um, are just doing it the correct way um, and that just shows that there's true they truly care the most for the player um, which is which is really what matters you care for the program you care for the player uh, and it's it's an unselfish uh, team and you know what what goes around comes around and it's just gonna do better for that program as a whole totally agree Cole and let's get started here with uh, the non New Year's Six Bowl, and I want you to put on uh, your Arizona Wildcats hat that you have been supporting and wearing proudly all year long. They play 
Thursday night, which most of you will be listening to this Thursday when this episode drops. They play Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going through a lot of changes. Uh, Jeff Levy is coming over uh, or left there to go to Mississippi State. He was their OC. He's now the head coach at Mississippi State. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, the star quarterback, he is gone. He's off to Oregon. Jackson Arnold, five-star recruit, uh, two cycles ago, he's in. So it is. If, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you got to be happy because you finally get to see what you got in this kid. And I know that's something that, um, for example, like Ohio State, I'm excited to see what Devin Brown looks like in his start with Ohio State on Friday night. And as Oklahoma, you got a lot of guys that are in the portal. But when you look at, I use this thing that Brett McMurphy or the that the Action Network put together. You really don't have many guys that played over 200 snaps that opted out, and that's a big deal. That means most of these guys are the guys we saw play and beat Texas and had a very good year in the Big 12. And then Arizona. Arizona is uh, Arizona's fun, and they are. This is a program-defining win. Not that they have to have this game, obviously, because what they've done this year is awesome, and it is a huge step up from what anybody thought, um, except for Cole. And Jade Delora was supposed to be the guy. He's in the portal. Um, but we got Dylan Fatita. No, we got Fafita. Arizona. Fafita. Noah Fatita. There, there's a, I think there's a Dylan Fafita out there because I, I don't know why I thought it was Dylan. But uh, this is a big game. Cole, what do you what do you see here on Thursday night? I mean, it's, it's two programs that, that care right now. Um, I know you don't have your starting quarterback if you're Oklahoma. But I mean, they they want to go go out, make a statement, show that we have our guy. They need to show the the boosters, the fans, that we have our guy for next year. And Oklahoma fans have been wanting to see this guy really play and start. I mean, even when Dylan Dylan Gabriel is doing well, they still wanted to see. There were a few fans still cl- uh, clamoring for Jackson Arnold. So that I mean, they're they've got to be excited. They want to go out and prove something and, and see really what they have next year. Um, especially as they enter uh, the SEC and, and that gauntlet of a schedule that they're going to have. So that, I mean, it matters for both teams. Arizona, they are, they're not a team that's just going to, they're not a giant program uh, powerhouse that's like, oh, we're going to sit players or whatever. They are a team that this matters to them. This absolutely matters a lot to Arizona. Um, and I think they're going to go and prove a point. They want that 10-win season. They don't have those really often at all. Um, Jed Fish has been a great coach, uh, had a heck of a year. The defense has been solid all, all around. This team has been a very solid team and given a lot of the Pac-12 teams a lot of uh, just tough games. And, I mean, they are on a heck of a win streak. Uh, I think it's about they're up to six wins right now. Their last loss was at USC. Um, and, yeah, I think I think Arizona um, – I think they have a huge chance here. One, this is also big for the Pac-12. I know they're not even a thing after this year anymore, but um, you want to go prove that your league was not bad this year, that you actually did have as good of a league as everyone thought you did. Um, and that starts with beating Oklahoma. Um, and yeah, these these are huge games for both teams, I think. And um, there's a lot to prove and a lot of statements that I think want to be made for both schools. Um, I, I honestly, I don't know who's going to win this game. Um I want to lean a little bit towards Arizona. I think Arizona is better coaching, um, and I know what I'm going to get from their quarterback. Um, so that's that's like I just I don't know Jackson Arnold yet. Jackson Arnold could come come out like the world on fire. Won't be surprised. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, but right now I am leaning uh, Arizona. Yeah, and I think 
so the line is Arizona minus three. So whenever you see a minus three spread, that means they think this is going to be a great game. It, but it also means there's a lot of question marks. What do we expect from Jackson Arnold? Because I think we know what we're going to get with Arizona, given not many guys are opting out. And this is a team that has been gritty all year, like Cole mentioned, on the win streak. But it's what can Oklahoma, Jackson Arnold, you don't have Jeff Lebby calling the plays, running the offense. There's just a lot of elements that I don't know what to expect. And I like your point about the Pac-12 because this is a huge week for the Pac-12. Obviously, the conference for football, which is the most relevant conference, is dead here in a few weeks. College basketball is finishing up their last season in the Pac-12, but then it's done. And you have some big opportunities if you're the Pac-12. I mean, you look at this game. You look at uh, the Fiesta Bowl. You have Oregon against Liberty. That's obviously probably Oregon's going to win that game. I expect them to win that game. And then you obviously have Washington, Texas in the playoff. Can the Pac-12 get a playoff win because I think they only have one during the uh, during the playoff history, and I think it was Oregon um, with Marcus Mariota that actually won a playoff game when they I think because they played Ohio State in the national championship, and I think that is their only one. So Cole, great point, and it's yeah, it's big for the Pac-12, and it's a way that they can they can go out. Any final thoughts on Arizona, Oklahoma? No, I think I'm, I'm ready to move on to, to the New Year's Six games and really really dive into the meat of this. So what Cole and I are going to do with the New Year's Six, we have predicted each of these games. We have actually did a score prediction. Usually Cole and I are straight spread, uh, just tell you what we think, who, sh- who is going to cover. We just had some fun, did actual game scores. If one of us gets some of these right, uh, that'd be awesome. You can actually bet. Um, I think you can do it in college. I know you can do it in the NFL, but you can bet actual game scores. So if anybody wants to go out to FanDuel, throw some money on some of these picks, there's going to be a great return on those uh, if you like any of the ones that Cole and I are saying. So we're going to go in time order here. And the first one we got Friday night, Cole. It's the one that obviously, for me, is the one I'll be most intrigued of as a fan. But Ohio State, Missouri. Ohio State, three-point favorite. This line's been going Every which way. And the main reason is due to opt-outs. You never know what you're getting. It looks like officially Marvin Harrison is opting out. So obviously Ohio State's best player is the best player in this game. He will not be playing. But outside of him, they lose Kyle McCord. He's gone. He's off to Syracuse. I don't know if by the time Cole and I recorded the last one if he was committed. But he is now at Syracuse. And then Julian Fleming. He was the third receiver on this team. He's a very good five-star kid. He's still out in the portal. A lot of people think he's going to Penn State. If Penn State gets him, that's a great get for Penn State because he is very talented. I think you kind of see when you're with guys like Marvin Harrison, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Sometimes you get overshadowed, and I think that's an example with him. And then Chip Trainum, who basically at the end of the year was the second string running back. Those are the main guys in the portal that you will not see for Ohio State. But other than that, pretty much you have everybody. I mean, Marvin Harrison, gone. And then Michael Hall, who was probably their best interior defensive lineman, he has opted out as well. He's a borderline uh, first, second round pick, and so he's not going to play. But you got Travion Henderson, he's playing. You got Cade Stover, who we're pretty sure is playing. And then JT Tumalolu, he's supposed to play as well. A lot of these guys actually sound like might be coming back because obviously it's no secret. Michigan's beat them three years in a row. And I also think with the element of what college football is going to be, 
I think you these guys realize that they have legitimate shots to win a national championship that doesn't all revolve around beating Michigan. And so I think there's an element of that. But Missouri cannot take anything away from this team. They do not have anything to worry about in this game in terms of an opt-out or anything. Uh, everybody is supposed to play, and they have some lethal guys. I mean, you took you talk about Cody Schrader, one of the coolest stories in college football. This kid was uh, not a Division One player. He walked on at Missouri, and now he's their star running back. He's a finalist for every running back award there is. You have Brady Cook, who's a very good quarterback. Nothing special, no NFL probably future for Brady Cook, but a good quarterback. And then Luther Burden, I mean, this guy – He's a stud, and he, he'd be a guy that wouldn't be playing in this game, Cole, if he was a junior, but he's a sophomore. Uh, well, he maybe he would play. I actually think he maybe would play, but he doesn't have to play if he was a junior. He he is coming back next year. He's probably, I've looked at mock drafts, one of the best receivers for next year. This is going to be a great game. It's going to be Devin Brown. He's going to show Buckeye Nation what he's all about. Uh, there's a lot of excitement around him from a lot of the reporters covering the team. He just seems like it's kind of sounds like he was the guy that a lot of people wanted to play, but Ryan day made the decision to put Kyle McCord. Uh, there was something that did come out that Devin Brown did have a pretty big off season injury that was kind of not reported on as heavily. And Devin Brown didn't really tell as many people in terms of like reporters. And so they think that's the reason why I don't think that's the case. I just think Ryan day picked Kyle McCord because he was a year older and thought he was better. Well, it's Devin Brown time. This is the New Year's Six Bowl that obviously you take out the playoff games that I'm most excited for. And this is going to be a great game. Friday night, uh, 8 o'clock. Tune in, everybody. It's going to be a great football game. What are your thoughts, Cole? Yeah, I think Devin Brown has a, a huge opportunity to really prove himself and even say, look, I should have been the guy all year this year. And I don't know who you're going to go out and, and try to get in the portal, Ohio State. I know Will Howard's been in the mix, but I'm your guy. You don't need to go get anyone. This is a huge prove-it game for him. Missouri has everyone playing pretty much. Ohio State pretty much has all the main pieces playing. Um, so it's a it's an opportunity with people – Real, a competitive game where both sides really want to win. Um, huge opportunity for Brown. Um, I I think, look, I think 48 points is way too many points. Ohio State, their defense is, is amazing. Um, so good. And they do not have Marvin Harrison Jr., which by all accounts is, is one of, if not the best offensive non-quarterback player in the country. So, I mean, that's that's a huge hit. I, and the guy who was throwing in the ball all year is also not playing. I know that Kyle McCord, some people would rather have Devin Brown. Sure, I, that's yet to be seen. We'll see. I think there's a reason Kyle McCord started this year. Uh, but we will see uh, when the game happens. That's why we play the games. We'll see. Maybe Devin Brown should have been the guy. Um, and so, But I have nothing that shows me that Devin Brown is going to be a step above Kyle McCord. So at the very least, I'm going to give Devin Brown, let's say he is equal to Kyle McCord, so you have the same quarterback, let's say Ohio State, but you don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. anymore. I mean, that's just that's huge. That's a huge hit, um, and obviously they're gonna probably rely heavily on Travion Henderson and the run game. Um, I know they'll, they still have a they still have great receivers on that roster, um, but it's just not the same without without Marvin Harrison. So I think I think this is gonna be a lower scoring game just because 
Missouri may have all these weapons, but Ohio State's defense is elite, elite. It's so good. Um, it's just going to be hard for them to move the ball. Um, Missouri won't score as many points as they usually do, and I also don't think Ohio State will because it's just going to be hard to score without Marvin Harrison Jr. when you've relied on him all year, um, and he is just such an absolute weapon, and you don't have Kyle McCord. We'll see. Like I said, we'll see what that does. Um, so it's, it's a very intriguing game. I do think it's going to be a little more low scoring because of that, um, but like I said, you have really you have all the guys playing. I think Ohio State, um, I think it's going to be fun to be a fan of Ohio State this game just for the sense of you get to see a little glimpse of last year while also this is still a very legit and real game where you're trying to win. You don't have a bunch of opt-outs, but you have enough where you get to see a glimpse of what you're going to have next year. Um, So I think it's going to be fun for Ohio State fans to to see a little bit of the future while also being very competitive and having a lot of your starters um, playing so I yeah I think I think this is going to be a really fun game, um, and I think it, it could go any either way. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think it's going to be uh, a really uh, I think it's going to be under forty eight and a half points. I don't know if it's going to be like a crazy low scoring game, but I do think it's going to be less than forty eight points. Yeah, and I'll give a quick final thought because Cole gave great analysis there, and then we'll give our uh, score prediction for this game. Ohio State's going to look a lot different, obviously outside of. The fact that no Marvin Harrison, no McCord. Devin Brown has a running element to him that McCord ha- did not have. Um, you saw in a lot of the games that Devin Brown got hurt towards the middle of the year, but they would put Devin Brown in in the red zone and let him run, and I think that's a different element. As an Ohio State fan, you the, the fun thing about this game is, so no Marvin Harrison and no Julian Fleming, okay? So those are two of the three best receivers. You get to see Carnell Tate. Five-star true freshman. This kid shined in his moments this year. And you get to see Brandon Anis, who's another five-star kid, who caught one pass this year for a touchdown. And you get to see these guys play in meaningful game reps. And it's it's exciting because I, I want to see that. Um, my prediction, Cole, I have a little more points than you just because – I think when you have a bowl practice, I think you can kind of throw some wrinkles in, but it's not nothing too crazy, just above what the over is. But I have Ohio State 31, Missouri 24. So that's my score prediction. Okay, so you got the over. Mine is um, I have Missouri 20, Ohio State 16. I do think this could go either way. Um, I think it's going to be hard for Ohio State to get the ball in the end zone, but like you said, the offense will look a lot different, so I have no idea what they're going to look like. Um, they could – shock a lot of people um but i just think it's gonna be hard for ohio state to score and i think it's gonna be hard for missouri to score um as well so i just think it's gonna be some field goals a few touchdowns and just a 20 to 16 game so 2016 missouri next one up we got the peach bowl saturday at noon eastern i love this game Ole miss penn state both these teams are not having lots of guys opt out the few guys that i would say keep an eye on more on penn state side you have Chop Robinson, who is an elite pass rusher. I mean, this guy, he he did work even against Michigan's O-line. And for for a guy to do that, that means you're very skilled. And he disrupted in the Ohio State game as well. Ohio State's O-line is not as good as Michigan's. But this guy is really good. And then Olafshanu... Oh, I can't. I'm not even. I'm not even gonna try. But the his last name's Fashanu. Yep. He's <laughs> 50. We don't know what he his status is. Uh, James Franklin hasn't exactly said he. I know he's there with the team right now in Atlanta, but we don't know if he's playing. I love this game. I think this game is very underrated. 
I like Ole Miss in this game, Cole. I'm just going to get out and say it right away. I Ole Miss is killing it. There's not a hotter team right now in recruiting and the transfer portal than Ole Miss. I mean, they we'll get to this in later episodes. They're dominating the portal, and they're returning a lot of the guys that were instrumental to this year's team. I mean, you got Jackson Dark. You're Jackson Dart. You got Quinsha Junkins. You have a lot of guys. You got Trey Harris, the really good receiver. This team has pieces on offense. Now they're going to go against probably the best defense they've played this year. It'd probably be uh, Penn State ranking-wise is definitely the best they've played. But um, talent-wise, they've obviously gone against like an Alabama, a Georgia. But Penn State offers a different element. I'm excited for this game, Cole. I just don't know if Penn State... This game could get into a semi-shootout just with how quick Ole Miss can score. I just don't think Penn State can match that. But Penn State's defense is so good that I think they're it's it's going to be a close game. I don't see a blowout happening. Yeah, I don't I don't even see I don't I don't see it even coming to a sh- shootout. Uh, I I think Penn State's defense. Uh, Penn State's offense was not good this year. Uh, they were fine uh, against bad teams against worse competition, but their defense. They, I would say their defense was better than Ohio State's. I think their defense was better than Michigan's. Um, uh, it's just the fact that Michigan and Ohio State just both had better offenses than theirs. So, uh, obviously, there's two sides of the ball. But I think Penn State had the best defense in the country this year, and, and they were they, they were suffocating. Um, and Manny, the, the, this is going to be tough. Um, the play caller in Manny Diaz. I know you still have probably the same scheme and everything, but the play caller in Manny Diaz being gone is a problem. He would dial up blitzes and coverages at the exact right time. He had a, has a lot of experience um, with that, and he was an elite defensive play caller. Um, and he could dial them at the exact right time. And I think we'll see how they handle um, the play calling and if it's if, if they are as timely in their play calling as they were um, when he was calling the defense. But – I think I, I think it's gonna be a little tougher for Penn State, but I, I don't think I think Ole Miss's year is next year. I think they have a lot of talent. Um, I don't think for me that they can match up well against. Um, I just think Penn State's defense is gonna be too tough for them, um, and I, I I I'm leaning Penn State here. Uh, it's another game where I think it's slightly under, but I'm leaning Penn State. All right, so I'm gonna go Ole Miss 27, Penn State 21. Ole Miss is a four point dog. And uh, I think they win the game, Cole. I am. Uh, we're we're both in the twenties here. I am Penn State twenty three, Ole Miss twenty. Um, Ole Miss would cover in that situation, but I think Penn State will will find a way uh, just to get the win. I think it's just going to be too hard for Ole Miss to score points. Well, there we go. We got uh, the two power fire, the two New Year's six games that aren't the playoff that involve Big Ten teams. Cole and I got the Big Ten going one and one. So the different games but we have them going one-on-one so Cole this game we'll we'll head on it quick uh give some talk to it but Florida State Georgia had a lot of potential um until Florida State's whole team is opted out basically there is not a meaningful player really for Florida State that's playing I mean you look at offense I mean you have Tate Rotemaker who is supposed to be the starter because of Jordan Travis being out he's he just entered the portal uh Christmas day you have Keon Coleman, you have Johnny Wilson, you have Trey Benson, all every meaningful player on Florida State's basically opted out. And Georgia really doesn't have crazy opt outs, I would say. I mean, Brock Bowers is obviously a huge player uh, and he will be out, but they have Carson Beck, they have all their running backs. 
The line is huge. I mean, this is one of the bigger lines I've really seen in the New Year's Six Bowl that doesn't involve, like, the group of five team. I mean, you have George is up to a 19-point favorite. I'm not going to talk too much about this one. I'm going to get my score prediction, then you're going to get into it, Cole. I see uh, Georgia 35, Florida State 10. I just don't think Florida State's going to score a lot, and I think Georgia can score enough to the point where I still think Florida State's defense is still elite, but they just lost too many guys. I mean, Jared Verse, he's the best defensive player in the ACC. He's opting out. So I just don't see much happening good here for Florida State, and I see a dominant Georgia win. Yeah, I think Florida State just quit. I think once they got screwed uh, the way they did, winning out every game and then just being left out, I think they all just like, all right, well, games don't matter. Uh, you're, they told the athletes that the games do not matter. So I think they just quit. Um, they're like, all right, there's no reason for me to risk myself playing and getting hurt or anything of that nature of ruining their draft stock or transfer stock, anything. They're just not going to even deal with it. So screw it. I'm just not going to play uh, and basically create a horrible TV product um, for you, ESPN, and for the people who – uh, if you're a conspiracy theorist, they just chose to not have Florida State in because of it wouldn't have been as good of a game. Um, so the, I, I think they're just like, whatever, we're not going to play, gave up. And that's that's the only analysis I have. It's not going to be, uh, I think, a very um, a very fun game. Uh, I think Georgia will dominate. Um, and it's just going to be a whole lot of talk about this and that and see if Florida State wasn't. And it's just, it's just going to – this game sh- just doesn't even matter to me. Um, unless Florida State wins, which would be crazy. But this game really doesn't matter um, just because it seems like Florida State quit. So my score prediction, very similar to yours, Georgia 38, Florida State 10. So three points off there, but it's yeah, I don't I don't see it ever being close. Hey, that was I'm impressed. That was those are pretty those are very similar predictions. So the last non-playoff game that we have on the slate is New Year's Day, right before the playoff of Michigan Alabama, and that's or that's uh, Oregon versus Liberty. So Liberty is obviously the group of five team. I don't know much about Liberty. I've seen a few of their games, bet on a few of their games, but I know a lot about this Oregon team. And I love that Bo Nix is playing in this game. He doesn't need to play in this game. He really doesn't. Uh, He's probably going to get drafted regardless if he played or didn't play. But I think just for him and ending his career, what better way to do it than win a New Year's Six Bowl, I know it's not a playoff, which is what they tried for there in Oregon, but I think this is going to be a fun game. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think Liberty scores a lot, but I think Oregon scores a lot, and they pretty much have most of the guys playing in this game. There's still a few question marks, but I got Oregon 52, Liberty 17. I I, I see a lot of points for Oregon. I, Liberty's going to have a hard time stopping that high-powered offense. I mean, you looked at, like, Washington and those type of teams. They still put up 30-plus points against them, and those are way better defenses than Liberty. So I see a blowout. Uh, I see a lot of points and great year for Liberty, but it's a tough a tough way to end it, I think, at playing against Oregon in the desert. Yeah, look, I, I hope that – Liberty can make this a game and maybe something similar to, to what Tulane did to uh, USC last year. But this Oregon team is better than USC was last year. Uh, and this Liberty team is not as good as Tulane was last year. So I don't see that coming uh, any sort of way. And the fact that Bonix is playing um, tells me that he also wants to have one final little look at me 
this look check out my draft stock put a little more film on there um sort of like bryce young did last year um and i think because if you use the bowl game right you can increase your draft stock and i think dan lanning is going to look out for his guy and try to get him that um and i i, th- I think they're going to really try to pour it on um uh, yeah i, I good year liberty uh you really had maybe the one of the worst uh strength of schedules in the country not just among like the teams that are ranked near you among teams that are in your conference, you have worse schedules than them. Um, so Liberty just, they, they had a horrible schedule this year, a horrible strength schedule. So, um, congrats. You made it there. But, uh, my, my score prediction here, uh, is 57 Oregon Liberty 17. So once again, very close in our score prediction, Oregon 57 Liberty 17. Okay. I, that's back to back games. Now I, I know this, I know for a fact that the next game we will not have the same prediction on. But uh, let's get into it, Cole. It's Michigan-Alabama. It's our first game, 5 o'clock on New Year's Day. The greatest place to play a college football game at in Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. It's a beautiful setting. I mean, there's not a better visual in football than the Rose Bowl. Uh, you have the sun setting over the mountains. It's perfect. It is. There is not a thing wrong. I don't think it ever rains during the games I've ever watched. It's always sunny. It's a beautiful weather. And your team's in this game. And it's the best one, I would say. I'm more excited for this than I am, I would say, Texas-Washington. Now, Texas-Washington is going to be great as well. We're going to get to that one. But, Cole, I'm going to give you the start here. You deserve it. Your team deserves it. What are the big X factors in this Michigan Alabama one versus four playoff matchup. Look, there's there's a lot I have to say about this game. Um, and like you said, you're saying, oh, I think this is going to be the better game, uh, but the next game is going to be good too. And I also think that is largely how we let Alabama into the playoff over Florida State was because we figured that it would be a better game and they were better. And we all like to decide what team is going to produce a better game and what's going to be a better game than the other. Um, but we don't really know what is actually going to be a better game until the games are played. Um, very well could be that Washington, Texas is the better game. Um, it very well could have been that Florida state, Michigan would have been a better, we don't, we don't know until the game are, is played. And I think we're all just assuming that Alabama is the better team. Um, which I'm still not so sure that Alabama is the better team than Florida state. Um, the line is still in favor of Michigan, so it's held for Michigan for a while, and if anything, it's started to move even more so a little bit towards Michigan in the last few days. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure that uh, Alabama uh, is better than Florida State, but we'll get in, we don't need to get into that anymore. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited for this game. I think it's going to be a beautiful setting. The pregame is going to be beautiful. Everything's going to be beautiful um, for both fan bases until the game starts, and then um, – and then we'll see what happens after that. I think um, something people are talking about and saying, look, Alabama's been there before. Alabama knows. Like, they have – I trust them in this situation more. When I th- Michigan's roster has technically more playoff experience than Alabama does over the last three years. They actually have been there before. They're, they, they were o- Their goal for this team was always to be – in this playoff and to, and to get through this first game and get to the national championship there. They were never even trying to, their goal was never just make it to the playoff. They're, they're, they were not fighting to make the playoff this year. That was not even in the realm of their goal. When Alabama likewise is the opposite, where as soon as they lost to Texas and, and had a scare against USF, their goal was to just skirt themselves back door into the playoff like they did. And, and they won their Super Bowl, making it to the playoff. I think I, they, they just didn't, um, 
they that's such a high and a roller coaster of emotions even if that isn't their technical goal of the year uh to go through that roller coaster of emotions and barely make it in on the very last day when you had no idea what was going to happen um i think that's hard i think michigan does have the advantage uh and i guess the roster experience in the playoffs actually um i want i'm not so sure uh i think the coaching staff obviously has more experience well one of them because that staff is always changing for Alabama. It's really just Nick Saban because Tommy Reese doesn't have that experience. Um, but Nick Saban has the experience edge. But I, so that's the first thing I'm looking at. Um, as I think Michigan actually does have the edge in going to preparedness for the playoff and just ready for the playoff game. Um, and their their goal, I think they I think they're going to have a little more more of a a goal and a desire to win this game than Alabama will. Um, and I still think there's a lot of issues with this Alabama team. I think if you're if you get the pressure on Jalen Murrow, he does not play well. We saw that against Auburn. He did not play well, even though he had one great throw at the end of the game. He did not play that well that game, and uh, he has looked very human at times. Um, but he also has looked amazing at times. So Michigan hasn't played a quarterback like him yet, but I think he is very containable if you get pressure on him early and get him uncomfortable early. Um, and and then they got on the other side on the defense. Alabama has gotten a lot better on their um, uh, as far as their passing defense is concerned. Um, but teams have still thrown the ball well on them as far as LSU did. But LSU threw the ball well against everyone. Um, but it's obviously Texas torched them over the top. So we'll see um, if Michigan can do that or if Alabama really has gotten better. Um, I I mean. I've been telling everyone this. I think I'm a little biased, um, obviously, but I, 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 I'm trying to look at this as biased, as unbiasedly as possible. But I just, obviously, that that's definitely seeping in. I, I don't. I think Michigan doesn't even really make this much of again I, I, a game. I think they really do beat them pretty handily. I, I really don't. I mean, you guys are gonna roll this tape. And when you when you hear me say these words, you guys are all like, "You're an idiot. You're a biased fan." But when it happens, come find me again. After I'll bring all that negative energy once it happens, Jeff, I'm gonna go right for you. Once Michigan absolutely dominates Alabama, I I think Alabama. I I'm the least scared of playing Alabama out of all the teams in the playoff right now, and that's what I think. Fair enough. And I I'm gonna make the video uh, when Aiden cuts this clip i'm gonna actually ask him to cut out that exact part and put it in a little video for me because i just don't think i just don't know how you think that they can blow them out now michigan is on paper the better football team hands down they they are the better football team on paper there is a real thing when you get into these games with three weeks of prep or of prep or four weeks actually there's a real element to the coaching staff and i Obviously, do not like Jim Harbaugh call. I don't like him at all. I've, I've said that, and he's the only – and I have every reason to because he's beaten Ohio State, so I'm not going to like the guy. Like That's respect in, in the rivalry. But Jim Harbaugh is 1-6 in, in bowl games at Michigan, okay? Now, yes, a lot of these games are not to the scale of what a playoff game is, but that matters because when a player and a coaching staff has not seen that coach win that game. And so, yeah. I don't know. I Michigan's team on the field, correct. Hunter, I would agree. They've actually played in a playoff game, and they are more prepared. But Bama has also played in playoff games, but not as recent as Michigan. So agreed 100% with your take on that. This game comes down to Michigan's offense. I'm telling you guys right now. It comes down to can Alabama force Michigan into third and longs. If they can do that, Alabama's winning the football game. 
Michigan has the best run game in college football. They just grind you and just they just basically step on your neck and step on your neck and and then they're just down the field. And it's a great like there is nothing wrong with that because they win football games and have continuously won football games doing that exact thing. And it's impressive because if everybody knows, it's like in the NFL, you see Philadelphia Eagles, fourth and one, they do this tush push everyone's all mad about because no one can stop it. Well, no one can stop Michigan's run game, and that's on the defense. That's not on Michigan's offense. They're just that good at it. So I think Alabama's game plan, you look at Michigan's offense, they're 68th in offensive yards per game. So they're not, they're nothing crazy. It's kind of interesting going through these games. It's such a different uh dynamic between these two games you got washington texas both teams are at the top offensively the best like top 10 both teams you got this game where you have alabama is number 19th overall in yards per game given up defensively and you got michigan at two so defenses in this game are i would say way better than what we're going to see in texas washington but you're right cole jalen milrow has not played michigan has not played a guy like jalen milrow but you can flip that around as well and say Jalen Milrow has never played a defense like Michigan. And Michigan's defense is elite. And it is going to be, in these games, I think your biggest thing you see as difference makers, and you can go and just look historically at this, is playmakers on offense. And I think it, you look at TCU last year. They they win that game. Quentin Johnson, balls out. Kendra Miller, balls out. Like, difference makers. Does Michigan have those guys outside of the running back position? I think they have Blake Corum. I don't think Blake Corum's an explosive type player. I think Donovan Edwards is. Now, Blake Corum is one of the best, if not the best running backs in college football. But I'm a little concerned Michigan's passing game. And if Alabama makes them have to pass the ball, now that's a big if because I said Ohio State would do that, and they didn't do that. And I think Ohio State's defense is better than Alabama's defense. So that's I, I'm not trying to be biased in that element of it. But if Michigan can be forced to throw the ball, I just don't know exactly what they can do. But we might not even get to that point, especially if it's the game Cole's saying because – I, there is a scenario where Michigan just runs it down their throat, five or six a carry, pops a few big ones, kind of like they did against Ohio State two years ago, and they win this game going away. And I can totally see that. But I think Jalen Milrow, with the pieces that he has around him and the way that Tommy Reese has used him towards the end of the season, I think that's enough offensively. And Alabama's defense has really improved. I mean, you have... You have Dallas Turner. You have uh, you have Kool Aid McKinstry, who's one of the best cornerbacks in football. Their defense has improved. They have a lot of talent. It's just can they put it all together? But I'm betting on Nick Saban to figure that out more than I'd be. With. I'm more confident in Nick Saban than I am Jim Harbaugh, and that's why I think Alabama wins the game. Here's here's the one thing that um, I I didn't mention. I obviously talked a lot about Bama and why I think. Um, on Bama's side, why well, I think Michigan will win, but I didn't really talk much about Michigan's side. Um, yes, offensive playmakers do matter, but I think that's going to matter a little more in the next game. I, I think something that we're not thinking about much here um, is the playmakers on defense because what Michigan has done, you saw it firsthand, uh, Iowa saw it, they are opportunistic, and they force turnovers. They get a lot of interceptions, um, and, and that's what they do. And Jalen Murrell at times, isn't, a 
super precise passer. Obviously, there's so many other parts of his game that is that is very good, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't call him a very precise passer, especially in those intermediate and short throws. His deep ball is unreal. He has a, he throws a great deep ball, but his intermediate uh, and shorter passes, I wouldn't say is very super precise. And those are the ones that Michigan tends to jump, um, especially if there's a little pressure on them and just enforce turnover and f- enforce interceptions. I mean, the both of McCord's uh, interceptions, I have obviously one, he got hit on, his, on the second one, but his first one was a short pass that we just kind of jumped under the route of, of Marvin Harrison. Um, which is a little bit on Marvin, a little bit on McCord there, but um, Michigan just puts you in in hard positions and they are opportunistic and they know how to jump balls. And I I think that is a big reason why I think Michigan could could have this game be a little bit more of a blowout. Um, Obviously not nearly as close as people think because they're not, I don't think they might, I think if Milrow gives Michigan the ball uh, in advantageous field positions and all they have to do is run it six times and they're in the end zone, then, like, obviously you're not going to win any game like that, especially against where you have two teams this good. If one team turns it all over more, that team is going to lose, I think, in this game. Um, and, and I think the turnover battle, uh, like it has most of the year for Michigan, is going to lean uh, in Michigan's favor. However, there, McCarthy, we saw it against TCU, we saw it against Bowling Green, I think we saw it against Maryland, where he just had some bad t- interceptions, where he has he'll have a random game. It's, it comes in game spurts, not in – like spurts of the season, he'll randomly do it in the middle of one game and pick one game to have all his interceptions. Then he'll go on a on a run of of perfection um, as far as interceptions go and turnovers go. So if as long as McCarthy doesn't have one of those games, I think they'll win the turnover battle. Um, and I think if Michigan starts getting the ball in, in good field position, I think that's where the 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 blowout could could happen. Um, and, and that's just something that their defense has done all year. And I think that. Milrow is a great quarterback to continue to do that to as long as you get a little bit of pressure on him. Yeah, the turnover, great point because I think, I mean, I don't, you wouldn't say it, but I think if Ohio State doesn't turn the ball over early in that game and give Michigan that field position, I think Ohio State can win the game and maybe does win the game. And so it's a great point because I think Milrow's probably more opportunistic than McCord is. Um, but I think this is a game Milrow needs to run the ball 15 times. I think his legs are – insane like I think he outside Jaden Daniels is the best dual threat quarterback in terms of making plays happen so it's gonna be a great game Cole my prediction Alabama 27 Michigan 24 I see this coming down to the end no blowout happening here um, because Michigan's too good I think for a blowout for uh, Alabama Um, but I got Alabama by a field goal at the end, 27-24. Yeah, you were right. We're not close on this one. Uh, My prediction, uh, Michigan 41, Alabama 21. Jeez. So, 20-point win for Michigan. Okay, well, that is going to be clipped, and if it is clipped and they win Michigan in that dominant fashion, Michigan just wins in general. I'll post that, caption it, Jeff, tag myself on the – podcast and say I was wrong so it'll be fun so call the next game and this game's stupid it starts at almost nine o'clock because for us on the east coast and you're going to be on the east coast watching this game uh, most of us work the next day and this game's at almost nine o'clock but that's just kind of how it goes I'm ex- I'm just through the roof excited for this game because I don't know what to expect at all like Kalen DeBoer and Steve Sarkeesian have never won a near six ball they played last year in the Alamo Bowl, which is always a good bowl game, which is the Oklahoma-Arizona game. Washington won. 
You got Texas, number nine in total offense. You got Washington, number 11 in total offenses. Defenses, a little different. Texas's defense is actually not as bad as I was making it out to be a few minutes ago when I was talking about how the games were different. But Washington's defense is 90th in total defense in the country. Washington is plus one turnover margin, so they don't really generate a lot of turnovers, um, which is, I think, like what Cole was just talking about, Michigan. Michigan's plus 17 in turnover margin when you have Washington plus one. Texas is plus seven. Oh, I'm so excited for this game, Cole. And I was worried that Xavier Worthy might be out for this game because he looked he looked like he got seriously hurt in the Big 12 championship against Oklahoma State. But Sark said he's good. He's looked he looks explosive. Now, who knows what that means when it's you're not you never want your opponent to think that he's hurt or stuff like that. But what do you expect in this Th- game? This game is such a strange game as far as matchups go because Everything Texas is elite at, Washington isn't super great at. And everything Washington's elite at, Texas isn't that great at. Uh, Texas does not have a good pass defense, and we know Washington can sling that ball. However, Washington has not faced a defensive line, especially an interior D line, like those two NFL caliber guys that Texas has in the middle. That is going to be so hard for Washington to deal with. So if you you first look look at it and be like, oh, yeah, Washington, what do they do? They throw the ball over the top and they do great with that. But Texas is bad at covering that. So yeah, Washington's going to win. But then you look at the other things. Um, as far as Texas is on offense, look, Texas has a dominant offense and Washington's defense, honestly, they, 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 they've shown flashes, uh, especially in the later half of the year of being better uh, and very improved, but uh, not enough to stop a caliber offense like Texas, I think, like really stop. Um, so that I mean, that's going to be it's just such a weird matchup because everything one team is good at, the other team's bad at, and the other team that team's bad, really good at, the other team's bad at. So it's a game where what is going to be, uh, what is going to carry the most weight? What really matters? Uh, I think obviously turnovers will matter, but I think it's going to be a game of a lot of going this way, going that way, some big play, a big play, and I I don't know uh, turnovers. So I think there will be I think there will be equal. Uh, there'll be a lot of big plays and there'll be a lot of turnovers or a lot of just strong defensive stands as well as strong offensive runs. Um, it is a game that is, it's just, it is so strange. And I just, I don't know what to think about it. I don't know how to analyze it because everything want like I said, they're all good and bad at different things. Um, the one thing I'll say is every time we've doubted Washington this year, they've won. Um, obviously every time we've counted on them, they've also won because they're undefeated, but they have been doubted quite a bit. Um, and they continue to prove everyone wrong. They, I mean, they were nearly double digit dogs, uh, against Oregon and they pretty much, I know there was times that it looked a little fishy for them, but they, they pretty much, if you watch the game, they had the game plan that dominated and handled Oregon the, pretty much the whole game. They had the better coaching staff and everything. So, um, and Sark's been known to blow games. Um, and he has been known to maybe not have the cleanest coaching game where Kalen DeBoer typically does have a very clean coaching game. So look, it's, it is a weird, weird game. I think it's going to be an incredibly fun game. I, I really don't know who's going to win, uh, this, this game. Um, but I, I definitely have one that I have a few things I'm just going to lean on and trust, um, from what I've seen this year, but it is, it's going to be a fun game. Uh, it's one of those, as Lane Kiffin says, get your popcorn ready. Um, but 
unlike like Lane Kiffin said before the Bama game, this one will actually be a good game. Um, and I think I think we will want to watch. It sucks that it's so late because I think it's going to go down to the very last snap, and I think it's going to be we're going to be staying up all hours to watch every second of this game. So um, it is going to be, I think, a really interesting, interesting game. Well, the last game that happened, that was the night cap of the playoff, was literally down to the last second. It's obviously a hard moment for me, but I think this game is going to be a Happy lot New like year. that one. Yeah, it was a great start to the new year. It's been a <laughs> fun 2023 with how that started. So I think this game's a shootout. Take the over and thank me later. A 63 and a half is too low with how explosive these offenses are. And on when you play on turf, there's... I think always an added element of how that offensive speed looks. Washington got screwed by having to play this game in New Orleans. This is going to be a pro uh, Texas fan, I think. I think it's just like 65 35%. I think you see Texas, a lot of orange in that crowd. That's not that far from Austin. Uh, Texas recruits, they have a lot of alumni from that area of New Orleans. I'm excited, Cole. I I'm gonna give my. I just want to give my prediction. I got some key thoughts. I got Texas 41, Washington 35. I just see a lot of points happening. I just see too many offensive playmakers with not enough defensive playmakers. Now, nothing to take away from both teams' defenses, but I just think. I mean, you look at just Washington's offense, and I know I just picked Texas, but the reason I'm gonna give Texas a nod is just because I think when it comes down to a difference maker in the game, I think the defense for Texas is just better. And so I'm just going to lean on that. But if Washington wins, not going to be surprised one bit. Four-point dog is Washington, and they've been underdogs, so they're probably exactly where they want to be. Uh, I'm sure Wilson Cole is just – he's probably loving that they're the underdog because they've they've embraced it. They've been underdogs a few times this year, and they've won the games. And Michael Penix has – He's going to look awesome on that field. I mean, he's going to be slinging it to Adunze, McMillan, Polk, all these guys. But I think Ewers, Xavier Worthy, uh, you just go up and down. You got Adani Mitchell. You have Jatavian Sanders. I just think Texas has more. Now, if Washington wins, I'm not going to be surprised at all. But I'm going Texas 41, Washington 35. High scoring, fun offensive game. Comes down to the end. I think both playoff games this year are going to be down to the end. Um, I just think that's something we haven't had a lot in the past, but I think we're getting it this year. Yeah, I, like I said, I have no idea what is going to happen in this game. It's so all over the place. Um, I, my deciding factor came down to which quarterback do I trust more and which coach do I trust more, since I don't know anything else I trust about this game. So, um, high scoring, close game. I have Washington 34, Texas 31. So, really close game. I have Washington winning a close one by three points. All right. So, we have – oh, guys, we got an amazing time here. I mean, there's there there's a lot riding on these – obviously this Michigan game because I, as an Ohio State fan, a Michigan State fan, do not want Michigan playing for a national championship because I think that they obviously are in – they're the number one seed for a reason. They are – the best team in college football in most people's opinion. And I don't want to play him for a national championship. So I'm riding on uh, the former Spartan Nick Saban to come through and, uh, and beat Jim Harbaugh. And, uh, 
and put an end to Michigan season, but we will not know until the next episode of this podcast, Cole. No, we will not. I mean, I, I mean, you know what it's like waiting for your team to play in a playoff game, a chance at a national championship. I am just so excited. I every single piece of content that comes out about Michigan, I'm consuming. I'm watching everything. I'm reading everything I can. I am just doing everything I can to to see. Just what is what is happening? I'm just trying to enjoy it too, because that's the other thing is, um, especially for for me, I, Michigan was not good for a long time, and they didn't even make the playoff until uh, what uh, two three years ago. So um, three years ago, this will be a third straight. So it's I was always sitting there wanting to just be one of those teams that's in the playoff and and be able to get excited like they are. Um, and so I am always going to uh, just enjoy. Just the process of them being there, the videos, the this, the just enjoy them being there. Um, so I am loving every second of this, and you, you know what, you got to enjoy it for the people that can't, for the for people who are like Tennessee fans who could get there one day, but like you're just sitting there, like oh, I would love it if my team was there. And I didn't mean to pick on Tennessee. There's plenty, Penn State. There's plenty of other like programs and brands that are good enough to maybe get there one day that haven't gotten there and they're just wishing their team could be there because I was there once too um so I am just enjoying every second of it and I'm sure you miss it yeah I miss it and uh hoping going into next year with the uh, expanded playoff it I'll start getting back to that because it's obviously last year they got there but uh it's it hasn't been there in Michigan State might even start sneaking in here with Jonathan Smith taking the helm so yeah you can never get it too many hype videos Cole uh, it's it's a blast. I I mean even I watch a lot come basketball season when uh, you play so many games and you get to the tournament. Michigan State would post all these last year and it was it was a blast. But we've been with you guys since August. Uh, it's been a long ride, but we are finally here for the playoff and some amazing bowl games. We will see you next week for a playoff recap episode on a degree in sports. Go blue.